Senate Democrats urged the Drug Enforcement Administration to deschedule marijuana. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services opened prescription drug pricing negotiations. And additional details for fiscal year 2024 appropriations are released. For the week of February 5th, 2024, from Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., this is Health on the Hill. Brought to you by Heart Health Strategies. I'm Matt Duckworth. Kicking off this week's episode with news from Capitol Hill, where the Labor, Health, and Human Services Education Appropriations Bill will face cuts in fiscal year 2024 under an agreement reached by bicameral appropriations leadership on spending totals for the 12 annual government funding bills. According to Senate Labor HHS Education Subcommittee Chair Tammy Baldwin, a Democrat from Wisconsin, the funding will be less than both fiscal year 2023 levels, which was $209.9 billion in base discretionary funding, plus $4.2 billion in emergency funds, and the Senate's fiscal year 2024 bill, which included $224.4 billion in discretionary funding. While the funding allocations are not yet publicly available, House Agriculture, Food, and Drug Administration Subcommittee Ranking Member Sanford Bishop, a Democrat from Georgia, has confirmed that the Agriculture FDA bill will see a bump in funding. Lawmakers have less than one month to negotiate details of the spending bills, as current funding for federal agencies is set to expire on March 1st for some agencies, including the Food and Drug Administration, and March 8th for the remainder, including the Department of Health and Human Services. Congress faces an effective April 30th deadline to pass the fiscal year 2024 appropriations bills due to a provision in the most recent debt ceiling law that would impose an automatic spending cut on all discretionary funding should a continuing resolution still be in place at that time. In related news, the White House Office of Management and Budget has confirmed that the President will send Congress his fiscal year 2025 budget proposal on March 11th just days after his March 7th State of the Union address and the fiscal year 2024 funding deadlines. This is going to be the first time that Medicare is able to negotiate drug prices. The law was very prescriptive about the top 10 drugs that we were going to negotiate in this first round of negotiation. And so we followed the law, which was to look at which are the top spending drugs in the Medicare prescription. Shifting to the news from the administration, today we're last week, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, whose chief, Chiquita Brooks-Lasher, you just heard, sent its initial price offers for the 10 products selected for the first round of Medicare prescription drug price negotiations to the affected pharmaceutical manufacturers. The companies have until March 2nd to accept the offer or make a counteroffer, and each company will be able to meet with CMS three times during the negotiation process. The administration will publish final prices by September 1st. CMS has not released how much the initial price offers, which are not made public, would generate in savings. Marvin, and thank you all for joining us today. I'm Rebecca Hafiji. I'm the Acting Assistant Secretary for Planning and Evaluation, or ASPE. It's my pleasure to speak with you all about the 20. 20- that was the voice of Dr. Rebecca Lee Hafiji, 
whose nomination to serve as the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Assistant Secretary for Planning and Evaluation, advanced in the Senate Finance Committee last week by a vote of 14 to 13 along party lines. Hafiji has served in this role in an acting capacity since 2021. Her nomination will now be sent to the full Senate for consideration. Prior to joining the administration, Hafiji worked as a policy researcher at the Rand Corporation and as an assistant professor at the University of Michigan School of Public Health. Generics and competitors figure out whether there's still patent exclusivity, right? And so they're supposed to take those patents down from this registry when they're no longer uh, uh, able to claim exclusivity on the product. They don't. They don't keep up to date. Um, and that's a way of gaming the system. That was the voice of Senator Tammy Baldwin, a Democrat from Wisconsin, who wrote recently to the nation's four largest asthma inhaler manufacturers regarding their use of the Food and Drug Administration's Orange Book to delay the entrance of generic products to the market. The letters from Baldwin to AstraZeneca, Boehringer Ingleham, GlaxoSmithKline, and Teva urged the companies to remove improperly listed patents from the agency's database of patent and exclusivity information for FDA-approved drugs. Her letters highlight that despite warnings from the Federal Trade Commission challenging more than 100 asthma inhaler patents listed in the Orange Book as inaccurate or improper, the companies have not yet removed the patents. legislation in the near future. Today, millions, hundreds of millions of Americans live in states, both blue and red, where cannabis has been legalized in some way. It's long past time for the federal government to catch up. This is about individual freedom. That was Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, a Democrat from New York, who, along with 12 Senate Democrats, sent a letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland and Drug Enforcement Administration Leader Ann Milgram urging the administration to ease cannabis restrictions. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services recommended in August that the DEA reschedule marijuana from Schedule 1 to Schedule 3, and the agency's review of the recommendation is ongoing. The letter, led by Elizabeth Warren, a Democrat from Massachusetts, and John Fetterman, a Democrat from Pennsylvania, urges the DEA to, quote, reach the right conclusion unquote, and deschedule marijuana from the Controlled Substances Act altogether, quote, consistent with the clear scientific and public health rationale for removing marijuana from Schedule 1, and with the imperative to relieve the burden of current federal marijuana policy on ordinary people and small businesses, unquote. Winding down today were a group of 50 senators and 213 members of the House of Representatives have filed a brief in support of the Biden administration ahead of the Supreme Court's consideration of Food and Drug Administration versus Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine. The case will determine whether the Supreme Court should stay the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Texas's order, blocking the FDA's approval of Mifepristone. The lawmakers argued that the, quote, perils of this unwarranted judicial intervention into science-based determinations can hardly be overstated, unquote. The Supreme Court is scheduled to hear arguments in the case on March 26th. Final news today. 
where the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services has made permanent certain COVID-era flexibilities impacting the prescription of buprenorphine. The final rule, which applies to certified opioid treatment programs, will allow the opioid use disorder treatment to be prescribed via telehealth, including audio-only visits, without an initiating in-person visit with the prescriber. The regulation also allows providers more flexibility around the provision of supervised methadone doses. The meeting will come to order. Welcome to the Ways and Means Committee organizing meeting for the 118th Congress. The Committee on Energy and Commerce will come to order. The chair recognizes herself for an opening statement. Um, and it's a pleasure to bring together the first meeting of the Finance Committee in the 118th Congress. Good morning. The Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions will come to order. All right. We end each week's episode with the call to order, where we lightning round congressional meetings and hearings in the near future that you need to know about. First, on Monday, February 5th at 4 p.m., the House Rules Committee meets to report a rule for the Protecting Healthcare for All Patients Act. Second, on Tuesday, February 6th at 10 a.m., the House Budget Committee holds a markup of the Preventative Health Savings Act, the Congressional Budget Office Data Sharing Act, and the Eliminate Useless Reports Act. Third, on Tuesday, February 6th at 10 a.m., the House Ways and Means Committee hosts the hearing examining chronic drug shortages in the United States. Fourth, on Tuesday, February 6th at 10 a.m., the House Oversight and Accountability Committee convenes a markup to consider the delinking revenue from Unfair Gouging or Drug Act and other legislation. Fifth, on Tuesday, February 6th at 10.30 a.m., the House Energy and Commerce Subcommittee on Oversight and Investigations gavels in a hearing titled Protecting American Health Security, Oversight and Shortcomings in the FDA's Foreign Drug Inspection Program. Sixth, on Thursday, February 8th at 10 a.m., the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions, or HELP Committee, holds the hearing, Why Does the United States Pay, by far, the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs? And last, on Thursday, February 8th at 10 a.m., the Senate Finance Committee hosts a hearing entitled Artificial Intelligence and Healthcare, Promise and Pitfalls. Thanks again for tuning into this week's episode of Health on the Hill, brought to you by Heart Health Strategies. For more information on this week's healthcare happenings in the administration and on Capitol Hill, you can visit our website at hhs.com and click on the news section at the top of the page. You can subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Did we miss a story you wanted to hear this week? If so, email me at mduckworth at hhs.com, and we may include it in our next episode. Have a great week, and stay healthy. Stay healthy.